You know, I would like to share something with you. This evening, I was actually reading one of my devotionals, one of my um, devotionals, and it's based out of the Word of God. Actually, story in the Bible out of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17. I was reading this. We'll go ahead and share this with you. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire and into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And so right after I read this, like the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, Everything you need is at my table, is available at my table. And it's not just for you, but it's for your whole family also. And we're going to think about what the Word of God says in that, the different passages. Like he said, the promise is not just for you, but for your, for your, you know, your family as well. And so, and I'm going to think about the words, and I can really, really relate to this the in this case this was a father coming to Jesus <laughs> coming to Jesus in a time of suffering on the behalf of his son. He said, Lord have mercy upon my son. And then his first step his first step out was coming to the right person. And and it was just like Lord was telling me everything is available at my table, and I can relate to this, and so I, even during this, I begin to cry out, I'm like, Lord, I use his words, you know, because I love to pray God's word, to, just to remind him of his word, he said, he hastens to his word to perform it, so I said, Lord, well, have mercy upon my son during this time of need, um, uh, his time of suffering, and and I, so I could really relate to this this father in this case he said lord have mercy upon my son he has seizures and suffering greatly so this situation like many parents have you know we're willing to do whatever we can pay all whatever we could we're willing to suffer you know how many of us as parents willing to suffer on behalf of our kids or if it's anything to pay or any you know great thing we need to do we're willing to do it and so but he humbled himself and he went to the one who was able to heal him. He said, Lord, have mercy upon my son. He's out of control, you know. And I begin to think about how seizures affect the mind. And when someone's having a seizure, it's like their bodies is out of control. And it could be motionless or in a paralyzed state or, you know, in some cases they... You know, they could be even swallowing their tongue, but they're totally out of control of what's happening concerning their bodies. And um, so this is an uncontrollable situation. And as many of us parents can relate to, I cannot control the situations out of hand. But I love this. And like the Holy Spirit reminded me, this is who I'm the one you come to. Everything is available at my table. And But look how... Um, and he said to him, he said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. They could not do it. I was reminded earlier uh, today, my husband was sharing 
in the Bible study, he said so many times, you know, we want to bring people to ourselves in a time of need when we really should be bringing them to Jesus. And that's what we should be doing. Some, a lot of things are out of our hand. We can't control situations. We can't control them even though we want to. And we really should be our first to first step, bringing them to Jesus. Okay. But like in this case, he brought, he said, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And another thing my husband was saying, he was like, um, so many times we based upon what we can do versus putting our faith in the power of the one who's fully able to heal or deliver whatever we need at the time, which is he who was coming to at the time, which is Jesus himself. So we put our faith in the person. We bring them to the pastor or the person, the prayer warrior. We really should be bringing them to the one who's fully able to heal them. Like the scripture says, you heal him, he's going to be healed. You save him, he's going to be saved. And I, even during this time when I was reading it, I began to say the same thing on behalf of one of my kids. Lord, if you heal him, he will be healed. Free from side effects of medications, you know, <laughs> everything. Look at this. And Jesus responded. And I love that because the Holy Spirit reminded me. Look how I responded. I didn't just let it go. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy. He was healed from that moment. Okay. Then the disciples came to him in private. Why couldn't we drive it? He, he, he reminded them because of, of your faith little faith but and he said I tell you the truth if you have faith that's just a mustard seed you can say you know it say to this mom move here move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you but it's so interesting how he came to him and saying Lord the very fact that he came to him was an act of faith <laughs> calling him Lord have mercy upon my son and so I was thinking about that. Well, I was real quick me on that. Everything is available at my table. And then it was another situation <laughs> that he brought to my attention. Another, in this case, this was a father. But another situation, next case we're going to read about was a mother. And I think people misunderstand this story about the Canaanite woman who's coming to Jesus on behalf of her her daughter, you know, I could really relate to this, and I'm sure many your parents could relate to the situation. <laughs> Have mercy, and, and it's interesting. She said the same thing. My daughter is suffering terribly. Have mercy, but she called him Lord, Son of David. Have mercy upon me. And this story could be found in the Gospel of Matthew as well, but Matthew 15. Let's go there. Matthew 15 start out with it's, the story starts out with verse 22 I said behold a woman of Canaan came out of this out of the same coast because in verse 21 it said Jesus went then departed into the coast of Tyre and Sodom and behold a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him have mercy on me O Lord Thou, son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. Isn't this something? She's saying the same thing, have mercy. But here's the deal. She's calling him Messiah. She recognized exactly who he was. I want to read in my, from my notes. It states, 
Because this is not, this is not, not only this is a woman, but this is a Canaanite. Like my note said, this woman had three things working against her. And I was thinking, well, first of all, she's a woman. First, but she's a Canaanite from one of the early tribes that Israel conquered centuries earlier. Remember, I said Canaanites. I always tell people, anything that had a knight in it, it usually was like an enemy of the Israelites. So she's coming in from, <laughs> history said, okay, who you, the pure people were like enemies against God's people, okay? So she was a Canaanite from one of the early tribes that Israel had conquered centuries earlier. Second, she was a Lebanon, an area surrounded by pagan Gentiles. So she wasn't an Israelite. She came from an area that was surrounded by pagan Gentiles. Okay. They're not people of faith. And third, she was, here we go, the reality of, she was a woman and she was a Gentile. She was not of the house of Israel. But she evidently, she recognized who he was because look what she said out of her own mouth. Like the Bible said, your own mouth. You believe Paul. I like the words of Paul. Believes, therefore I spoke. And she said it. She confessed to him. He said, have mercy upon me. So she knew who to come to. Remember these acts of faith. It's the second one. Uh, uh, the one was a father. Now here we go, a mother. Have mercy upon me. But look what she called him. You are the son of David. <laughs> So she recognizes him as the Messiah. This term is a Sionic term. And, but it's interesting, it's coming from a Gentile. And so when I was reading it, it's like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, <laughs> at my table, outcasts are welcome. You know, in this setting, you know, people, you know, I think about the story even with little children. Remember what the story of the little children was coming to him, and even his disciples were like, "Go, send them away." And he's like, "No, let the children come to me." So I began to during this time, the Holy Spirit was bringing these things back to remembrance. Everyone is welcome at my table. Children, um, I care for your children. And he was reminding me this, and when I was reading these devotionals about these parents crying out, he's like, I care. You know, I care for your children. What concerns you concerns me. You're my daughter, but I also care even more for your kids, you know. And so that, that blessed my heart. And he was saying, you know, outcasts are welcome. You know, in this certain setting, she's considered an outcast. But look how Jesus, is. he responds to her. And he and knowing good and well where she comes from, because he's, he's all-knowing. And look at his response. But he was saying, he said, I, I welcome, you know, the outcast. The very ones that people cast out, like in this situation, it was a woman. And come from somewhere else. Look at his response. He said, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. Here we go again. And then interesting. Even with the kids, send them away. He's like, no, 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 let them come to me. And here's another case. He's like, the disciples, send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am 
I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, but we got to understand because we read that and we're like, whoa. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. So here she comes, come down, bowing down, worship. Here we come another time. She's saying, Lord. Actually, this is the second time she's crying out, Lord. This is a humble response for her. This time she's responding, not only by calling him Lord, but calling him, what? And she responded by worshiping him. And verse 25 says, she came and began to worship him. During the time, so I, I, I backed it out. I began, I was like, Lord, I exalt you. I worship you. Because it's very important for us to recognize God is God. He's still on the throne above the situation. He's not moved by circumstances and our situations, our sad situations. He's still exalt the exalted one. He's still on the throne. He's still worthy to be appraised. And so at the time, I began to lift up my hands and say, Well, Lord, I worship you. I exalt thee, O God. I worship you. You're so worthy. Of all the glory and honor, you're still on the throne. You're not moved by these circumstances. Okay. And she said, Lord, help me. And I began to say the same thing. Lord, help me how to respond in this situation. Help me as a parent. Help me, Lord, you know, in this situation. But he answered and said, it's not meant to take the children's bread, and to cast it to dogs. Now, many of us, is believe, we don't understand it in our culture because when a dog is insulting, right? But in that time, in that culture, a dog, he was referring to her as a Gentile. So is he indeed telling her, hey, you're a Gentile. That, that's what they call it. So Christ had told his disciples, he, he said, now... He said, this Gentile mother whose daughter is vexed by demons confronts him. Christ ignored her. He called her a dog, but informed her that um, healing was children's bread, meaning a blessing provided for those of the house of Israel. But she began to worship him. And I love her response. She asked him for just a crumb of healing from his table. She was like, I'm willing to take whatever you have. But I, I want you to know that, yeah, so he was referring to her as a Gentile. He knew exactly she she was a Gentile. So that's what he was referring to. And she said, truth, Lord. <laughs> Here she go, third time, Lord, you're, you're the one in control. <laughs> you're master. You're master. And that's what we need to recognize, who's really in charge, who's master of the sickness and disease, who rules over all. She said, that may be true, Lord. Because he had told her, I come to the house of Israel. Okay. And this is true. He first came to the house of Israel. And he said, and she said, but yet the dogs, yet referring to herself as a Gentile, eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done unto thee. And that very hour, it says her daughter was made whole. Whole. Completely whole. From that very old hour. By a spoken word. 
of Jesus. Daughter was healed, complete, whole. And I love this story because at the Lord's table, and she was willing to take, I'll take whatever, because anything that falls from your table <laughs> is rich. The crumb, I'll take anything from your table. And at the time, Lord, Lord began to tell me, everything is available. Everything you need, all things pertaining to life, is available at my table, Raven. Everything is available at your Lord's table. You need healing for your body. For your son is available at my table. And then he reminded me of his word in Isaiah, it says in 55. It says, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Remember how Jesus, even in the scriptures, in the New Testament, he refers to himself. Come to the, I will give you living waters, you know. Come to me, you hunger and thirst, I will fulfill Righteousness, but I'm reading out of Isaiah 55. It said, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. No, he's the one that quenched the thirst. And I'm reminded at this table, everything we need. And these are different things that refer to Jesus. He's the living water. You have no money. He said, Come buy, eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. And I think about these words in their terms. I think being to think about how Jesus, you know, had his supper, the great supper. Um, I, I reminded how, like the communion, what do we take? Uh, well, it's usually wine, right? Well, we drink juice because uh, Jesus didn't drink of anything that was impure. But wine, how it's like a, a metaphor of, 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 or like a simile to what did Jesus provide for us? The Holy Spirit, giving us the Holy Spirit. Milk in the New Testament refers to drink of the milk and word of God that you grow accordingly, even if you're a babe. But these terms say, even if you don't have without money, I'm reading again from Isaiah 55, without money and without price. He says, what, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for the what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. This is our Lord. This is our Lord. Uh, let's go now. It says, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will abundantly, abundantly pardon. Isn't that what he did for us? The reality of it is we're Gentiles. <laughs> We're Gentiles, so we all should be able to relate to that woman, that Canaanite woman. Have you ever felt like that? That that outcast who just did not belong, that alien. Okay, but Jesus says, welcome. You don't have no money. Come, 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 come. Come and buy. Why is he saying buy? Because I've already provided that. I love that. He said, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Says the Lord, 
as as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, do not return there, and water the earth and make it bring forth, but that it may see, give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Provision. Told you, provision, bread is available. Does he say, come and eat of me under daily bread? Love that. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Love that. For you should go out with joy and be led out with peace. This is a promise. Not just, this is a promise for us. A promise for us. It's so interesting that even in verse 56, you know, he begins to talk about bringing in the Gentiles. In verse 50, Isaiah 56, it says, For the Lord your God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, says, Yes, I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. And he's speaking about, and, and even in verse 6, Isaiah 56, he's talking about, actually this whole chapter, he's talking about bringing in the Gentiles. We were to go back and read it. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. Verse 6, also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone who keeps him from defiling the Sabbath. He is preferring to the Gentiles. Bringing them in. Bringing them in. Isn't that something? He tells. He is the one that gathers the outcasts. He is the one that gathers us to him. Everything is available at the Lord's table. Communion. What do we do? He provided a way for us to commune with him. The very fact that we can come boldly towards his dawn of grace and ask for mercy and cry out help for that time of need. That's sweet communion. Communion, fellowship with our Lord and Savior. So what a privilege we have to even be welcome at that table, to pull up that chair and to communion and talk with our Lord, even to ask him anything, you know? We approach it almost like a king, and he's holding out his scepter and saying, "What would you have? What 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 do you what do you want?" You know, I'm thinking about, oh, oh my goodness, I Esther when she went before the king, he said, "What can I do for you?" He held out his scepter to her, accepting and and welcoming her, welcoming her. This is what Jesus does for us. Isn't that interesting? He welcomes us to the table as Gentiles. So we all really can relate to her. And he responds by not ignoring us, but responding with making us whole as well and bringing us in, providing salvation, wholeness. He provided wholeness, healing for her daughter. This is a Gentile. And this is the very thing he's provided for us at the table. Isn't that beautiful? And I was reminded how... (laughs) You know, Lazarus in John 12. <laughs> Lazarus, after Jesus rose, raised him up. John 12, it says, um, 
Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table. Resurrection, hallelujah, is available. He provided this way. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting ahead of myself for this message, but he provided this way. Um, and this is, you know, that story of Lazarus, like a picture of us, gives us a glimpse of how we're going to be entered to resurrection, have a resurrected body, and we're going to be sitting with him at the Great Supper with the Lamb. Isn't that amazing? You know, it raised, that's why Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Okay? And whoever who lives and believes in me shall never die. And we see a glimpse of that with Lazarus, how he had died. Dude was dead. He was dead. And how Jesus had brought him out of that tomb and said, loose him and let him go. And after that, days later, he is sitting, eating with the Lord, having supper at the table. I'm telling you, death is not... <laughs> Death is not welcome at the table of the Lord. Only life, only life abundantly is available at the Lord's table.